Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I met him five years ago. And when I met Kip, he had such a passion. Kip has a passion for students. And so I have a passion for students too. So at the time, Kip and I really connected. I mean, we started hanging out together and I was trying to get him saved. And um, it, was, it was a great time. We, we kind of hung out some and, and, and then we, uh, we, we went to camp together. All right, not just me and him. I'm talking about like with 40 kids. Are you with me? Because it'd be kind of weird just me and him going to camp, wouldn't it? So, so we, we went to, to camp together. And when we went to camp together, I got to really know him really well. All right? Really, really well. And I liked him. We were friends. We hung out. I liked two of the three of his kids. It was nice. It was a great time. And then he came to me and said this. He said, hey, listen. He said, "Uh, we do this, we do this, this, this tubing trip every year. And I was like, "Uh, okay. Um, And I didn't, I said, what's tubing? What's that? We don't do tubing in Tennessee, all right? We call it floating all right, that's what we call it. Hey, let's go float the Buffalo River. Let's go float this creek. Apparently in Georgia, it's called tubing. I said, okay, what, 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 tell me what it looks like. Well, here's what it looks like. <clears throat> he said, we go up there, we get a tube, they drive us up. You can do the short run or the long run. We drive up to the long run. Usually, we get in the tube, and then we fight with the water for about an hour and a half. Most of the time, there's people that you do not want to be around knocking into you, all right, okay? Traditionally, there'll be one person with a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other trying to maneuver the tube, and they are usually the people that get all over you. I was like, hey, man, sounds like fun. Sign me up. Kip and I were friends. So we started making plans to go tubing, and when we made plans to go tubing, we started talking about who could drive here and who could drive there. And I said, well, listen, I'm willing to drive. And Kip said what he always says. He's been saying this for five years. Well, you know, my van's old, got a lot of miles on it, but I guess we can take my van if it'll make it. I just got it out of the shop. Van will be here when he and I both die. <laughs> Bonnie will drive the van to his funeral, guaranteed. Can't kill it. Can't kill it. I said, all right, man, sounds good. I said, well, listen, man, I don't know where I'm going. All right? I don't even know where Helen is. So you're going to have to help me out. See, I'm from Tennessee. We don't go tubing, and we don't have names of towns with, named after women, all right? I'm not sure who Helen is, but she's got a town named after her. So I said, I'll go. He said, you're going to need a stick. And I was like, need a stick? Am I going to beat folks up? What's the deal, man? Where are we going? I said, I've seen deliverance. We ain't going there, are we? Like, yeah, no, almost. We're almost going there. So I was like, well, all right, well, that sounds great. He said, okay. 
We're going to leave on this day at this time. I said, sounds good. He said, I got a bunch of drivers. All right, sounds good. Everything's going all right. I said, kid, here's the thing. I don't know where I'm going. I want you to lead the way. He said, I'll lead the way. And that is where our friendship went downhill. I had looked up on the GPS to see what was the best way to go. But I was following Kip. So we took out. We had gotten to about Wendy's on Bullsboro. And I had no idea where Kip was. No idea. What had started out as a beautiful, massive, white minivan turned into a little bitty speck. It was out of sight. And I searched for him for two hours. There was one time going into Atlanta where I actually thought I saw him. But it was one of those carpool vans (laughs) with people going to work. I was happy. I pulled up and I was like, not Kip. Another time when we were getting ready to, to hit, hit the uh, AA85 going, going, going north, I, I, I thought I saw him again, and I did. And I got up just close enough, and then he started bobbing and weaving and bobbing and weaving and weaving and bobbing and hitting the gas, and he was gone. About an hour after that, I am lost trying to make it to Helen. And I get a phone call. Hello? Hey, man, where you at? I said, brother, I have no idea where I'm at. We've been sitting up here waiting on you. I said, who's been sitting up here waiting on me? He said, all of us, we're all here. I said, Kip, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this but you're hard to follow. Can I tell you guys something? Sometimes Jesus is hard to follow. Sometimes Jesus is hard to follow. Before we go any further, can we get some of these lights up here? I think if you just hit the on button back there, it would work really great so that you guys can see. Because I don't want to read this without you guys being able to open up your Bibles. We're in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's going to be up on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible today. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, this text we're going to read is going to be very dissimilar to what you will have in your scripture because we're reading from the Message Bible. The Message is a parallel Bible. I say this every week. You know, it's not something I would really study. You can read through it, but I wouldn't study it. There are other uh, versions that are better to study. But I thought thought this gave a lot of good credence to what we're going to talk about today. We're going through a series called What If? What If? And today's message is What If? What If? We followed. What if we truly followed? It says this, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It says this, it says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it. 
without even thinking. And here's the text that we're going to focus on today. It says this. It says, instead, so instead of trying to fit into the culture, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. There's a story in the Bible. There's a story in the Bible that talks about a man, a religious man, a devout religious leader. Now, this man not only was a devout religious leader, he was also somewhat political, all right? He had some political clout. In addition to that, in addition to political clout, he also was very, very wealthy. The man was very, very wealthy. And I want to tell you the story because this guy basically did this. This guy read and memorized the entire text of what we would call the Old Testament. He knew every verse. He knew every word of every verse. He had it all down. And he especially did this. He especially focused on what we know as the Ten Commandments. All right? And so he was a religious guy. He wore the religious garb. He, he, was, he was the stuff back then, all right? Not only that, he was also loaded. Are you with me? He was loaded. And so he decided he would come to Jesus. He would come to Jesus and ask him what it took to be saved. And he went to Jesus, and he said this. He said, Jesus, I want to tell you something. I want to know what it means to, to be saved. And he and Jesus began to have this dialogue. And the dialogue went something like this. Well, you know, have you kept this command? Yes, I've kept it. As a matter of fact, I haven't just kept that command. I've kept that command my whole life. As a matter of fact, I am excellent at keeping that command. Okay, well, what about this command? Have you kept this command? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have kept that command as well. Well, what about this one? Oh, man, that one. Whew, are you kidding me? Expert here. Awesome at keeping that command. Well, what about this command? Oh, man, expert. I'm telling you, the best. no one else in Jerusalem can keep that command like I can. I mean, I am the best. As a matter of fact, let me, let me not waste any more of your time, Jesus. Let me not waste any more of your time. Let me let you know something. I've kept every command. I've made it my life's work to keep every single command, everything. I've kept every single command that, you've ever, that I've ever read, that I've ever heard. I've kept it all. And Jesus says this. He goes, man, that's awesome. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I can't believe that you've kept every command. I've never really met anybody that's kept every command. How awesome are you? And he was like, I know, right? How awesome am I? And Jesus said, oh, oh. there's one more thing. I, I want you, I, I want you to, I want you to sell everything you have. I want you to take all your money. And I want you to give it all to the poor. I want you to give it all away. I want you to follow me. And the text says this. The text says, upon hearing this, the man's head fell. And the text said, 
that he turned and he started walking away. And the Bible says because he was a very wealthy man. I want to pick it up from right there. In Luke chapter 18, verse 24, it says this. It says, when Jesus saw this, he said this. He says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And as you are probably thinking right now, those that heard this said this. They said, then who in the world, who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible for God. And Peter said, we have left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life. And we'll have eternal life to come. Can I tell you guys something? Following Jesus sometimes is difficult. It is more difficult than following Kip Durden to Helen, Georgia, to get on a tube and be miserable for two hours. It's, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes he asks you to do things. Can I tell you one of the reasons why it's difficult is this. It's because Jesus is asking us He is asking us to exchange our story for his story. All of us, everyone here, everyone here is writing a story. You guys know that? Andy Stanley says this. He says, with every decision that you make, with every decision that you make on a daily basis, you are writing the story of your life. See, let me tell you how it works for a lot of people. And it may have even worked this way for you. A lot of us do this. A lot of us, we want to be a good person. Are you with me? We want to be a good person. And we want to do the right thing, all right? And so we maybe, we maybe even decide we want to go to church. And so when we decide to go to church, we decide, hey, I like what that pastor's saying. I'm reading a little bit about this story. I think I want to follow him as well. And maybe you make a decision to even follow Christ. And so traditionally how that looks in most churches is that there's a long aisle. For me, there was a long, long aisle, all right? At the time, it seemed like it was from here, all right, down to Columbus, Georgia. That's how long the aisle was, all right? And I was way back here, and it was way over there. And a lot of us, what happens, and the same thing happened for me, I decided I would walk down that aisle. And when I walked down that aisle, I walked all the way down that aisle. And I said, the pastor said, hey, what's going on? I said, not much, bro. What's going on with you? He said, I was just here kind of preaching around. What's up with you? I said, just want to get saved. And so I said, yeah. He said, so you want to follow Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Commit to Christ? Yeah. I want to commit to Christ. Exactly what I want to do. It's exactly what I want to do. He said, well, Okay. He said, I just want to tell you that the baptismal water is going to be freezing cold. I said, I just want to tell you, it doesn't matter to me. 
You know, today everyone's really worried about, this is so funny, everybody's kind of worried about, uh, about screwing this whole baptism thing up, all right? There's family that are here. Some of y'all are kind of here visiting, all right? You want to see them get baptized. It's going to be an awesome. I've already told them, I said, look, this is like a wedding. You can't really screw it up. If the baptism water gets on me, that's fine. If you get, I noticed, by the way, there's not a lot of people on this front row here. Have you guys noticed that? Last week, there was t- we were selling tickets to the front row. They were buying them, $10 a piece. All right, this week, you can't buy This week, everybody turns Baptist this week and leaves the front row open. All right? But I said, you can't really screw this up. You can't screw this up. I said, you know, don't worry about it. You know why I said that? I said it because you know what I did? The night I gave my life to Christ, I went up there. I didn't know about baptism. I'd only see my brother get baptized, and he was sprinkled with water. And I, I kid you not, I walked up there, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to be saved. I want to be baptized tonight. And he said, tonight? I said, tonight. He said, well, the water's going to be cold. I said, I don't care. It ain't nothing but a little bit of sprinkle. Heck, it ain't nothing but rain. No big deal. He says, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to the back, and I want you to take, take off your shirt. All right, there's a white robe back there. Now, we don't have white robes here today, uh, but he said, take off. There's a white robe. So I put the ro- white robe. He said, take off your shirt. He said, you know, take off, take off your shirt and stuff, put the, and stuff. You hear that? And put the white robe on. I said, okay, I can do that. No worries. So I took off the, my shirt and stuff, my undershirt. I figured out was stuff. I didn't know what stuff was. And I was like, well, I'm going to go right back out. And so I put the white robe on. I looked angelic, you guys. I'm talking about angelic, man. I mean, it was like, I mean, they had to, they had to tie me down. I thought I'm going to fly away. I look so good. I'm not kidding you a bit. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, great. And so I decided I was going to go out. And so there's a door. that led me to this door. And there's a door. And we walked through this door. And I knew the sanctuary was this way. And there was this other door this way. And I didn't know what it was for. Never seen it. So I started walking this way. And the guy, the pastor, grabbed me, turned me around and said, what are you doing? I said, dude, we had a conversation like five minutes ago. I'm going out to be baptized. He said, the baptistry's over here. I said, well, man, they're really going to lift me up. That's awesome. There's stairs and everything. So I start climbing the stairs. By the way, I've got my jeans, my shoes, socks, underwear. I got everything on. But I didn't have a shirt on. I didn't have stuff, undershirt on. So I start climbing those stairs, and I'm like, man. And the whole time I'm climbing the stairs, I'm going, where's the water basin? I've watched my brother. There was this water basin. They took him, and they sprinkled it over him, and he was there, and they prayed over him, and it was all good. Where's the water basin? And I turned the corner, and I walked up the stairs, and there was a pool of water, a deep pool of water. And in all of the holiness that I could muster, I said, oh, crap. I'm getting ready to be baptized in every single thing. Y'all, it was February 18th. It was cold, y'all. It was, and I had hair at the time. All right? I dove head in, jumped in there, and I got baptized. Jeans, socks, shoes and all. I got done, put on my shirt, put on my stuff. God is my witness. They had a green carpet, a green carpet. And I walked out, and I was going, and I looked back, and I could see the steps coming all the way down the aisle. So those who are getting baptized today, 
You can't screw up worse than that. And look at me now. I'm up here talking to you. You know what a lot of us do? A lot of us make those steps. That's what we do. A lot of us make those steps. We do. I bet a lot of people here have made those steps. We make those steps. And after we make those steps, what we do is we go back. And we go back and we sit down in the same exact pew that we came from before we went down the long aisle. We go back and we sit down. And that's all we do. We sit down. And week after week, we attend the church, but nothing ever changes. Week after week, month after month, year after year, nothing changes. There's no difference. There's no difference between you before and you after. The only difference is, is that some church has you on a roll saying that you got baptized. And you tell people that's what happened. But as far as your life goes, you still try to do the same things you were doing, getting the same results that you were getting. You see, there's an issue here, and the issue is this. You and I forgot one step in the whole process. See, we were saved, but we never surrendered. See, surrender means that you exchange your story for whatever story that he has for you. Can I tell you guys something? In that same church, in that same church, I played church for years. Church is where you went, you felt good, and you went out and got a burger with some friends after. It's kind of what I did. I kind of played church year in and year out. And honestly, I really couldn't be real. And you know what I was doing the whole time? I was writing my story, man. Now I tried... I tried like the religious guy. I tried really hard, you guys. I got a shirt that said, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. And on the back it said, I love Jesus. How about you? <laughs> All right. You guys been there? And I got the shirt on, man. And, and, and I, I even got, you know, back then they had like these little necklaces. And I'm not really a necklace kind of guy, but I took one for the team, bro. I got me a cross necklace for Jesus. And I was ready. And nothing ever changed in my life. Nothing. Nothing. Now, I'd fake it for a while. I could muster up enough strength for about two weeks. And I continued to write my story. And I continued to take that pen and to write it and to write it. But see, following Jesus means that we exchange our story for his. It means, it means this. It means that we put down the pen and we allow him to begin to write our story. Can I tell you what that did for me? Can I tell you what it did whenever I finally said, hey, you know what? I don't know what this mess I'm doing is, but I need to fully surrender. And I need to take this pen that I have and I need to throw it down and I need to step away from it and say, Jesus, you write it. You write it and I will follow. You write it and I'll follow. You know what it did for me? It began to shape my heart and my mind. It began to shape my heart and my mind. I, I began to think differently about things. I didn't, I didn't need to wear a Christian shirt anymore to follow Jesus. I didn't need to play some kind of part. 
I didn't need to wear some kind of mask on Sunday whenever I would walk in. And that's what I always encourage people here to do. Just take off the mask and come in and be real. Hey, man, you got to start somewhere. Why not start exactly where you are? I didn't need to do that anymore. I didn't need to do that at all. Roll down the mask and started acting differently. Not because I thought it's what I was supposed to do, but because I'd finally connected with and understood that I needed to follow. I needed to follow Jesus. My heart and my mind began to change. I could no longer do some of the things that I wanted to do. I could no longer go to the places I, could, I used to go to. I could no longer do those things because my heart and my mind had changed. I want to tell you guys something. If, if you gave your heart and your life to Christ and you've seen no change, if you gave your heart and your life to Christ and there's no difference, if you're the same person that you were before, the only difference is, is you're on a roll of some church somewhere. Can I tell you something? You're probably not following. You're probably not following. You know how I know that? Because following, following is movement. I can't stand here and say, all right, I'm going to follow you. Go ahead. And then you walk out and I'm sitting there going, Look at where he went. Where's he at? Following means there is movement. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of the places that God wants to take you, some of the places that you will go if you truly follow Jesus are not always going to be easy. You see, what a lot of us do is, is we have these episodes in our life that maybe are traumatic, and I'm not definitely not, not decreasing any of those, but we have these episodes in our life that maybe are traumatic. Maybe you've went through a divorce. Maybe, maybe you were abused. Maybe, maybe there's this sin that you can't kick. Maybe there's things that you know you need to change. Maybe you have this major anger, whatever. Let me tell you something. A lot of us, what we do is, is instead of walking out of the jail cell that we've been in our whole lives, what we do is Jesus comes, he opens the door. We say, hey, Jesus, what's up? I'm going to follow you. I'm going to accept you. Hey, can you help me with these curtains in this jail cell? It doesn't quite look right. Can, can you help me lay this rug down? Because I'm going to stay here. I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to follow you in here. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep dealing with these same things. I'm going to keep doing this same. I'm going to be the same person I was before. I'm not going to follow. I'm just going to stay here. And why don't you stay here with me for a while? Why don't you hang? And Jesus is going, hey, man, come on, let's go. I want to take you out of that. I want to walk you out of that. I want you to come with me. I've got some things I want to show you. And what will happen is if you decide to do those things, if you decide to walk out of those things, if you decide to take the next step and to step out of those things, take down those curtains, pack your bags, and walk out, if you do that, there are some places that God's going to want to take you that are going to be painful at first. But let me tell you something. That pain oftentimes will bring about freedom in your life. It'll bring about freedom in your life. That's exactly what will happen. Yeah, you know what? There's things that you're doing probably right now that God's really not happy with, and you know it, and I know it. But can I tell you something? If you will follow Jesus, he will take you through that. And you'll look on the other side, and you'll go, you know what? There's no way I can ever do that again. There's no way ever I can be that. That's not who I am anymore. I truly do have an exchanged life. My life has been exchanged because I've decided to follow him. If you're in the same situation as you've been the whole life, if, you, if you're 55 or 60, let me say something. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're in that same situation, dealing with those same things your whole life, chances are you're not following because following requires movement. 
And an amazing thing happened to me whenever I started following Whenever I truly started following Christ, when I started following Christ and ever my heart and my mind started to be shaped, guess what happened? I started looking at people differently. I started looking at people differently. I started looking at people differently. My eyes and my heart had been changed, and suddenly I began to see people how Jesus saw people. I began to see people not in a way where I'd say, man, why don't they go get a job, or, or why do they keep doing that, or why have they hurt me, or why is... I stopped asking all those questions, and I started thinking about how Christ would see those people. It's an amazing thing that happens when we start following Jesus. It's an amazing thing that happens. Now listen, if I were to just end there, if I were to just end there, all right, that would not be the full story, okay? That would not be the full story because there's more to the story of the rich man. You see, Jesus said something when he said this. He said, it is difficult. <laughs> it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for a rich man to enter, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they were like, well, who in the world can be saved? And he said, with God, all things are possible. The Bible is so, is set up in such a way to teach us. You have the story of the rich man. You have the disciples saying, hey, listen, we followed you. And, and, then, and then there is another little section right after that. I turn over one page to the start of chapter 19. That was in chapter 18. I start over chapter 19. Now, remember what he said. He says, hey, listen, it's almost impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom. It's almost impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom. They were like, gosh, man, it's almost impossible. Who can be saved? And Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. And this is the most incredible verse in speaking on this topic. It says this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And here it is. Don't miss this part. Here it is. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. And suddenly... The story that most of us know about the wee little man and the wee little man was he and Zacchaeus climbing up the sycamore tree. Suddenly, that story is representative. With God, all things are possible. Because Jesus walked by, stopped, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to have dinner with you. And the scripture says this, that this rich man and his entire household was saved that day. And immediately, immediately, all the things that mattered to Zacchaeus no longer mattered. All the riches he had no longer mattered. He was willing to give it all away. For what? To follow Jesus. I'm not sure where you are in your life. I have no idea. You may be seven years old or you may be 77 years old. I have no idea. 
but I can tell you this. What's impossible with man is possible with God. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you and say, hey, listen, if you follow Christ, your whole life's going to change all for the better. It's going to be all good. And as you walk, you're going to have tulips and roses that are going to follow you around, all right? When you go home today, there's going to be a check for a million dollars in, the, in, in your bank account. You're going to get that notification even though it's Sunday, all right? And then all your kids are going to start acting great, all right? Every one of them are going to Harvard, full scholarships, all right? I'm just letting you know that. That's what's going to happen if you give your life to Christ. That's all a lie. The truth is, is that you're going to be messed up in the most beautiful way you've ever experienced. And all the things, all the things that you thought are going to be turned on its head. And you're going to start reading this text that's going to tell you one thing and another thing and another thing. And your life is going to be changed forever. And you're going to look back 10 years, and you're going to say, I'm not sure who that person was but I'm so glad that I decided to follow Jesus. What if, what if we decided to follow Jesus? What if? Let's pray. Lord God, today is a celebration day, God, that you've set up. Today is the day that you're God, you're so excited about this day because we have a newness of life, a symbol that new life is coming about. And so, God, I just, I just pray for people here today. Maybe there's people here that have, that have decided to follow you. Maybe there's people here that have given their life over to you, but, but maybe they didn't know anything about following. Maybe they just gave their life over and thought, well, that's it. That's all good. I've got my life insurance. It's all good. Lord, you and I both know there's no such thing as life insurance. There's no such thing as fire insurance. There's no such thing as those things. What there is, God, is a commitment to follow you. And God, my prayer is, is that people here today will choose to follow you in a real and a genuine way. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.